Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. what I'm doing. Um, I'm actually stalling for Justin because the iPad didn't get here. So are we good? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, anyways, but if you have your Bibles, 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. This will be lesson 6 of our uh, Changed series. And um, want to talk about for the next couple of minutes, the wrong change. Uh, the wrong change. I think it's important to identify when we as Christians talk about change, what kind of change are we talking about? Um, and just by way of introduction, uh, because I won't have a lengthy introduction, I want us to actually get into the, the thoughts and the questions for today. But um, just by way of introduction, there's two different directions that you can be changing. If you look at where your life is right now, no matter really what spectrum you are on, um, you can either be changing for good or changing for bad. Um, that is true in every area of life. You can be changing and going one way or the other. And what I would even argue with you is this, is that very rarely are we ever in neutral. Um, very rarely are we ever staying right where we're at. I think that we are constantly changing and we're either changing for the good or for the bad. Look at maybe your uh, financial situation, okay? There are seasons of life to where uh, maybe you ha are having to spend more. And so your, your financial situation is changing not for the good, but for uh, obviously the worse. Uh, you can maybe look at uh, different areas, your physical life, okay? Uh, you can say, well, I'm changing, and it's like, yeah, you're changing because your pants are getting tighter, and you're, you're, you're not working out, and you're eating a lot of candy, and you're doing all, and it's like, did you change? Absolutely, yeah, you changed. You just changed maybe not for the better. And so the same is true with your spirituality and with your Christian life. You are constantly changing. The question is to which direction are you going? And so today, as we look at this, the thing that I want you to determine before you leave this room, and, and by the way, I know that sometimes, especially with our schedule the way that it is right now, it is hard to make a decision in a Sunday school class. One of the things that I would encourage you to do is, is as you hear things on Sunday, Sundays are busy days, and I don't love that. I think that's just the society that we live in, but Sundays are busy days. And sometimes we can hear something in a class or in a service and we think like, oh man, that was really good, that was really helpful. I should go and I should change that. And then it's Monday or it's three weeks later and we haven't done anything about it. If you can just develop a habit now as a young adult, maybe a young adult without kids, a young adult who doesn't have a, isn't married, whatever, okay? Develop the habit now of finding a time in your Sunday where you say, what is God doing in my life? What, what does God want me to to change? What, what do I need to tweak? What do I need to adjust? What, what did I hear today that I need to put into practice? Because if you're not careful, Sunday can just become this just rote thing where you show up, you do what you're supposed to do, and you move on and you never leave change. And so today, what I want you to evaluate before the end of the day is, am I changing toward 
Christ's likeness or am I changing toward carnality? There's really two extremes on that spectrum. Am I changing toward Christ's likeness or am I changing toward carnality? Now you say you may be able to look back at your week and you might have floated a little bit toward carnality. What can you do this week to float toward Christ's likeness? You may look back and you, and you look at maybe a relationship that you're in or maybe a friendship or the people that you're communicating with and they're pushing you toward carnality. Who do you need to surround yourself with that pushes you toward Christ's likeness? And so there's so many different areas of your life that you can go through, but the question that you must determine is, am I changing more toward Christ or am I changing more toward this world? And so with that in mind, let's look at 1 John chapter number 2. Several years ago, we preached through the book of 1 John, um, one of my favorite books that we have ever done. Uh, in fact, I think often, like I probably should just go back and re reteach that at least once a year. Uh, but it, it is such a, it's such a good book. But I want you to look at 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 15. To get some context, let's go back up and let's look at verse number 14. Actually, let's go to 13. He says, I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because ye have known the father. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. And so Paul is almost writing and he's telling them this is what I'm writing about. This is why I'm writing. This is telling you the purpose of this letter. How many of you, when you were in school or maybe growing up in school, your teachers always told you, like, don't write the purpose of your, like, like this letter is about, or this book is about. And like, as you wrote a letter, like, remember all the, if you grew up in a Christian school, like the way that you had to learn, like a semicolon was for a business letter. I am in the business world. I have never used a semicolon in a letter introduction. Okay. Just for those of you who are wondering, is that practical? It's not like, I don't know who, I don't know when to use it. Okay. Um, but if you're, if you're writing like, like, okay, I have to write, I hope this letter finds you well. And then if you say this letter is about, they like always say, don't tell them what the letter is about. Just make the letter about it. And so now even as like when I was trained in learning how to preach, they would always say, don't tell them what the sermon is about. Just let them know what you're talking about. And it's like, this is Paul, or not Paul, John did this. He says, this letter is about this. Okay. So I'm going to do what John did. All right. So he says, this is what I'm writing to you about. But right on the heels of that, I love how he immediately rolls into such a principle. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And let's go ahead and let's read verse number 16 and 17. And he says this, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. For the next couple of minutes, let's talk about the wrong change, and then we'll give three quick evaluation questions, and we'll be done. All right, dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We're thankful for your word. May you use it to sink into our lives to make sure that we are tending and moving toward Christ-likeness and not toward carnality. May we not fall in love with this world, but may we fall in love with you and all that is about you. Lord, I pray that you give me the words to say today. Lord, give me strength. You know that I am tired and you know that I am weak. 
And God, I ask that you would help me as I teach. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to quickly move into three evaluation questions that evaluate which way you are changing. Which way you are changing. And the first one is this. What do you love? What do you love? Now, I know that that is a very broad question. Okay, When I say, what do you love? If we were in a kid's class and I said, who can raise their hand and tell me something that they love? Like hopefully a parent or a kid would raise their hand and say, I love my parents. or I love my dog. or I love my goldfish. And I, I love this. Or I love sports if you're Braxton Norris. Okay, like I, like I love that we all have things that we love. Okay. And the fact is that we almost use the word love a little too flippantly, like, oh, I love Sonic hot dogs with cheese and chili and and a Coke to drink. I love happy hour. I love Starbucks. Like, we use it so flippantly where it's like, you would die for Starbucks? I mean, some of you would, like, uh, but... Like, you would die for a Sonic hot dog? I saw a meme the other day that said um, it, 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 it was showing, like, a, a traffic line around a Starbucks. And it said, millennials or this generation is the only people who complain about $5 a gallon gas and then go sit in a 20-minute drive through line for a $5 coffee and not complain about it, right? Like, it's like we're sitting there wasting the $5 gas. They're like, oh, my goodness, gas is $5. And it's like, your coffee was $5, and it was way less than a gallon, all right? Like, you're, it's, so let's get some context here, okay? The other one that I saw that cracks me up all the time is if you've ever shown up late for something and said, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry I'm late. The traffic was so bad. And then it says the traffic and it's the drive through line at Starbucks. It's like, oh my goodness, the traffic is so bad. As you have a cup of coffee in your hand, it's like, no, the traffic wasn't bad. The drive through was backed up and your order online took too long. All right. So when we say, what do we love? The truth is, is that that's a very broad statement. Hopefully you can say that you love your family. Hopefully you can say that you love maybe different people in your life. I've found that the older that I've gotten, the more respect and the more love that I do have for the people of this church and the congregation that God has blessed us with. I can truly say that I love them. But in this passage, he gives us the exact opposite. He tells us what not to love. And I want you to think about your week for the past, this past week. Because what you love, please listen, what you love, you gave time and attention and detail to. You sacrificed for. If you love a TV show, oh my goodness, I love this. Here's what you did this week. You probably went out and bought a snack to be prepared to watch that TV show, okay? You probably said, you said, I'm going to, if it's something that's showing on, on, like at a certain time, you're going to DVR it. You're going to make sure that you record it. You're going to go back and you're going to watch it. If you love a sports team, if you love someone, you know what time they play. You know, you know who they're playing. You know if they've got a chance to win. You know that if they, you know everything that's going on. Why? Because you sacrifice for it. You give time. You give attention to it. And what you gave time and attention to this week is a proof of your love. So here's the question. How much time and attention did you give toward Christ in comparison to this world? Because one of those you are called to love. 
Jesus Christ says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So what did you love? How much time and attention did you give toward Jesus Christ? Or the sad realization that many of us have as we think through and we allow, allow the Holy Spirit to dig into this question in our hearts is that for some of us, we gave more time and attention toward things that are not of the, or that are of this world and not of Christ. Maybe they're not even evil and wicked things. For, this, uh, for those of you that are like, well, I didn't feel like that liking a football team was a bad. I'm not talking about that, okay? There are things that are of this world that the Bible says, let's just not be consumed with them. Let's love not the world. Let's make sure that our time and our attention and our sacrifice is toward Christ and not toward the things of this world. If you're giving up of yourself to make some sort of worldly decision, if you're giving up finances, if you're, if you're sacrificing time, if you're giving attention to it, if you're giving all this thought towards something that is of this world, here's what you have to step back and see. Is that that time, attention, and sacrifice could have been given to the things of Christ. If it's a football team. If it's a show, if it's a worldly relationship, whatever it may be, even if it's sinful, that is of the world. And so what do you love? But then the second question that I want you to see is this, is where does that lead or where does that love lead? If you want to be uh, more detailed with that question, where does that lead? He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But then he says in verse number 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life uh, uh, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So here's the question. Does what you love lead you closer to the Word of God and the will of God or further away from it? You say, well, I can't tell whether or not that this is something that is of the world. So let's define it. Where does it lead? Where does it lead? This can be true for anything. This can be true for a job. Oh, I love my job. Okay, where is that job taking you? Oh, well, I love this person in my life. Where is that person taking you? Oh, well, I love maybe this lifestyle or I love. Where is that leading you? The Bible teaches us in Proverbs to consider the end of a thing. And you know what is so difficult sometimes in the day and age in which we live is that we consider the present of a thing, right? We're really good at seeing what something does here and now for us. But very rarely do we consider where it puts us 10, 20, 30 years from now. When we're parents, when we're grandparents, where does that lead? And if your love is leading you in a direction that is further from Christ, then here's what you must evaluate. Do, am I loving the right thing or do I need to begin to change my love because of the direction that it's taking me? I just, uh, just kind of talked about football. For some of you who have been in our class for any time at all, you know that college football, like I'm obsessed with it. I, I, love, I, I love it. Um, uh, but a couple years ago, what I found myself doing in Tennessee, for those of you who are Tennessee fans, you know that it is the roller coaster of the world, all right? Um, 
but it, it was very frustrating. So um, when I first got married, Lauren and I had uh, some friends that were season ticket holders. And so we would go up there sometimes on Saturdays and we would get to watch them. And it didn't matter. I remember one year they played Alabama. This is obviously before that we had kids. One year they played Alabama. I think you were actually with us, weren't you, Blake? And um, we got caught in a parking lot. And, uh, and so we were the last car to leave the parking lot. And we literally, the Alabama game was not even close. So we left early. We followed the Alabama bus out like the players were done and we were and so it was like we're here we are sitting in traffic in this parking lot. There's only one exit. I think we got back at like two, three o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, and I stood up and taught in, in class and I had to step back and ask myself like it's like I love football like I, 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 I will I will make time for it. But is it helping me and is it leading me in the right direction? Tennessee, at that point, they would hype them up. They would rank them like top 10. And we're like, oh, my goodness, t- Tennessee's in the top 10. Tennessee cracks the top 10 for the first time in 20 years. And so you get your hopes up, and then they go and lose like to the school of the blind. And it was like, like, this is not worth it, all right? It was so frustrating. And so for me, it just kind of turned into this thing where it was like, I am letting this lead me in a direction. Now watch this. That is not something, I don't look at football and think that it's something horribly sinful, okay? In fact, I looked up scores last night. Me and Braxton, when we got home, we watched some football, we watched some baseball. But here's what I have to do as a human being, is I'm not going to let the wins and losses of a football team lead me to a place that it affects what is happening here on Sunday morning that actually does matter. I'm not going to let maybe the highs and lows of something that, yes, it's fun. Yes, I'm sure that maybe if you dig down deep into some sort of warped spiritual well, you can say, well, football comes from God. Well, yeah, okay, everything comes from God, all right? Like, we get that. But watch, it does not mean that it is godly. So for you, what you as a Christian must determine is what do I love? What am I giving time, attention, and sacrifice to? But where is it leading me? Is it leading me more towards Christ or is it leading me more toward carnality? And then the last question that I want you to see is what does it change? What does it change? He says in verse number 17, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. My football teams that I cheer for and the, the joy that I get out of sports will pass away. It's going, it's going to go. They're not, the new heaven and the new earth does not have good football. Like, I don't think that it does, all right? West Virginia will probably be there, but everyone else will know, too. <laughs> they stink, too. Um, but it's going to pass away. But then I want you to see this. He says, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What does the direction you're headed change? And here's what I want you to see about, first of all, your life, but secondly, in the life of others. What does it change in your life, but secondly, in the life of others? He says, but he that doeth the will of the Father. Please listen to this, okay? This is the last thing I'll say and we'll be done. God's will changes your life, but it also changes the life of those around you. And when we're consumed with the things of this world, 
it does nothing for anybody else. Me, if Tennessee goes on to win a national championship, guess what? That does nothing for the people in this room and from my life. If for some reason the, you can, if I became a millionaire, okay? If tomorrow I became a millionaire, please listen to this. Yes, I could maybe bless some of the people in this room financially, but the truth is that I would, it doesn't necessarily change anything for you. And yet for so many of us, we become consumed with the things of this world and we think, well, that's what's going to change my life. Like, that's what's going to bring me joy. That's what's going to bring me happiness. When your joy and happiness and all of the things that you are seeking for in the things of this world only comes from your love from Christ, the direction that it leads you, and then it promises to change you and the lives of those around you. And sometimes what we want to do is when someone comes to us and says, oh, I'm having a really hard time. It's like, well, let me take you out for coffee. Let me, let me buy your meal. Let, let me do this for you. Let me, let me pat you on the back. Let me tell you that you are loved and you are, you are valued. And you, okay, all of those things are true, but watch this. Jesus Christ is the only thing that promises to change their life. And if you give them false hope in you, or in finances, or in a football team, or in a relationship, those will fade away. But when you choose to love not the world, meaning this, I'm going to love the things of God, here's what begins to happen. Your direction begins to change, and those around you begin to change as a result. I've told my kids sometimes, we talk about like leaving them something, or uh, mainly Braxton. I don't think Baylor cares uh, about anything, honestly. Like, uh, but uh, I wanna, I've talked with Braxton some before, and we, and he's my one that he like thinks and, and like he kind of ponders stuff. And I said, well, Braxton, I said, you know, one of these days, like when Daddy's not here anymore, I said, I want to be able to leave you money. I want to be able to leave you like a house. I want to be able to leave you money to be able to buy a car or whatever. But I said, the truth is, is that if I leave you. A walk with God. If I teach my son how to pray, if I teach my son how to obey God and to find God's will, and my daughters too. Like I mean, I'm not throwing them. I, I think Baylor's just going to skip her way through life, though. All right. But if I teach them those things, that is more important than anything else that I can leave them. Because please listen to this. If I leave my children a million dollars each, <laughs> which is not going to happen. Okay, for those of you who. In case you haven't checked my job description lately, that's not a hope, all right? But if I leave them a million dollars each and I don't teach them how to walk with God and steward what God has given them, that's a failure. Why? Because what I've done is I've given a million dollars to someone who's not tending toward Christ and really will not impact their life or the lives of others around them with what they've been given. And all of it starts with the change that comes from loving God and following His leadership and allowing it to change what goes on in your life. And so here's what I want you to see. You are changing either toward good or toward worse, which means in your spiritual life, you are changing more to become like Christ or more to become like this world. From this passage, there's three questions. What do you love? Where does it lead? And what does it change? Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes and we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we're so grateful for your word. 
Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.